As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Is the you back? They just might be. It is I, Rob Paul a.k.a. future commissioner of the Carolina Conference. That's a, a new college football conference I'm workshopping. And with me, as always, is AJ. If the SEC really did mean more, why have I only watched ACC football for the last two weeks? Marchese. That was a mouthful. It's so true. Rob, yeah. if you could pick one team to be back and actually be back, which, which program are you choosing? Like, what, what do you mean? What if you could choose one program? Oh, to be like back. to be good again? Yeah, to be back. Yeah. Well, probably um, I'd have to stick with the Carolina school because mm-hmm. that's my thing now. I don't know that NC State ever went away, but I'd pick them to be back. Okay, good, good pick. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, they won. They won the the they won March Madness with Jim Valvano. So. Oh, okay. We're doing both. Both. Yeah, I'm doing it all. They're back in everything. All right, respect. Hey, here's a theme song. What? Today we'll continue our in-season oh. format with our 2021 NFL draft superlatives from this past Saturday in college football. <laughs> Let's hit it. Hey, here's a theme song. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby Driving up to Cleveland maybe Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell Don't draft specialists on the first day Don't draft specialists on the second day Maybe draft a punter in the six We'll see Let's go seven rounds Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division titles, and championship futures now. Head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, before we jump into it all, uh, we get some... We get some News that's no longer news to the listener, but uh, hey, we didn't talk about it yet. Um, the Big Ten is officially playing. What? They're they're playing this fall, AJ. I don't believe you. I uh, I watched the big noon kickoff instead of ESPN <laughs> Game Day just to see the the schedule slowly slowly released. They like to do a week at a time, then go to commercial. It was really sick. Oh God. Um, yeah. The no. Thir- I, I, and everyone was tweeting it, so I don't know why I did it. Like, I could have just been on Twitter, but I, I chose to watch. And it was the third um, fucking schedule of the year for the Big Ten. Yeah, and, and they immediately just put Nebraska in hell playing the Buckeyes. Yeah, um, fixing it for your boys at, down in Columbus again. What else is new? Trying to get them in the playoffs. Season starts October 24th. Um, 
I can't wait for the Halloween games. That gives us Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio yeah. State, and Penn State. Like, that's pretty sweet. Um, the the other cool part about it is it, it's – so it's just an eight-game schedule. Um, the championship is the number one team in the East versus the number one team in the West. But they're going to play all the – like, the two from the East plays the two from the West. So the seven from the East plays the seven for the from the West. Decide who the worst Big Ten team is. That's my favorite part about it. I love that. Like – I don't. I haven't looked at the full schedule yet. I hope like no one else is playing that weekend or anything. So like these games are actually like, like they'll be on TV. That'd be so fun. It, it's it's genius. Um, I mean, it. I I don't know. I think that's hilarious. I think that's the 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 one winning part about the Big Ten doing all this back and forth and then eventually coming back is that they're giving us that. <laughs> that's all I care about. <laughs> Me too. Um. But on top of that, uh, we had a handful of top Big Ten prospects obviously opt out and declare early because of uh, uh, essentially assuming they wouldn't have a season. Uh, And you know what? We get a bunch of them back already because nothing means anything. So uh, Ohio State guard Wyatt Davis, Ohio State corner Sean Wade, Michigan tackle Jalen Mayfield, and Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman are all planning to opt back into the season, and they're just waiting for approval from the NCAA to be eligible once again. And I think we're going to keep seeing more guys, too. Like, uh, there's already rumblings that Ambry Thomas is going to come back. and uh, He should. Yeah, he I, should. I wonder if Rondale Moore will, and I wonder if uh, Rashawn Slater will. Those are the two that... Kind of haven't. Yeah, I think I think I could see Rondale staying out, just with like it, it, the previous injuries the injuries. And yeah. yeah, but the only thing is he's only played what I think seventeen games yeah. in his career at Purdue, and that's going to be held against him if he doesn't play this year, especially yeah. with these other guys coming back. Like Rashad Bateman, I and Wyatt Davis don't I don't think need to come back, but. No. Um, so uh, the, I, I think there is a case where just old school NFL thinking will be like, well, why didn't you play if you could have? Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, the, like COVID is still very much a threat. So uh, fuck blaming anyone for sitting out this I, year. I know I you're know. not saying it, well, that. I, I'm just saying. I know. And there's even rumblings Micah Parsons is talking to James Franklin and could come back. And he's the, by far the most relevant guy who doesn't need to. Yeah, I, I just just fucking get ready for the draft, Parsons. <clears throat> You're already a top five talent. Yeah. Um, and then also we got, uh, although the Pac-12 is apparently looking to play, Th- um, Thursday, we got Washington. Yeah. Yeah, we find out, uh, yeah, I think Thursday. Mm-hmm. Washington defensive lineman Levi Onwuzariki has opted out and declared for the 2021 NFL Draft. But, hey, maybe he'll he'll opt back in if they do play. <laughs> I feel like we've been talking about him. I guess it's two summers now. I, I, I like Onwuzariki. I liked him a lot last summer. And uh, the hype's kind of built for him. I, I do think he's the type of prospect, and I think he'll agree, that, that does need one more year of tape or that could help him a lot. Um, I, I think what kind of hurt him last year a little bit was the injuries up front for Washington. So yeah. they had to have him moving around. He's playing more nose tackle than normally. He's obviously not a nose tackle at the next level. He's a five tech, three tech type. Yeah. And, and so it, it didn't provide him with a ton of opportunity on tape. So I, that's why I, I thought he's a guy who could use another year, especially, in a, again, a wide open interior defensive line class where I think he he's firmly in the conversation for a top 
five interior defensive linemen in the class. All, all the um, tools are there. All the talent is there for sure. Yeah, like there, the, his flashes are bright. Where they, he looks like a top fifty prospect. Mm-hmm. But just the consistency yeah. and seeing him uh, kind of improve it and find where he does best fit. Just because he, again, he played. Played nose, he played three tack, he played five tack. Like, I think he's most natural as a five. Uh, see, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because he's he's got the length and the build of the five, but I I kind of like him just shooting that gap as a three. So, but yeah, well, he's got the, he was definitely got the quickness and yeah. he's disruptive when he's put in a spot where he like as a nose ta- two gapping nose tackle, he's not getting like he's just supposed <laughs> yeah. to be clogging yeah. run gaps. But when you put him in and give him that opportunity to shoot gaps as a one uh, three tech who's just one gapping yeah mm-hmm. big time i think you see a lot of flashes yep gonna be interesting um, to see what he does either way yeah for sure and i i mean we've already had a handful of pack 12 guys uh declare so it'll be interesting to track whether they opt back in mm-hmm. whether if they do end up playing whether or not more guys um or if, if they don't end up playing i mean whether or not more guys opt out it's a it's a weird year man it's it's kind of yeah I mean, it, it's so weird. All all we've watched for the last two weeks is Group of Five football and ACC football. And uh, with that, let's jump into our, our, our college football week three NFL draft superlatives. And let's start with our best freshman, AJ. I've got a, a, a good handful of freshmen this week. But I think first and foremost, uh, going to your Georgia Tech University. Is that, is Thank that you. Uh, Jamar Gibbs, the running back, who on uh, – his first career touch took the opening kickoff 73 yards. looked awesome. They kept calling him Reggie Bush from the first snap. Yeah, it was sick. But after that, like, uh, uh, like he looked great running the football, but the, he kept working those, like, Texas routes and those little option routes and, uh, like, vet, felt very vet just running little routes. Like, not, not crazy ability, but, you know, four catch for 60 yards and a touchdown there. Uh, Gibbs was kind of like the the workhorse and the fucking the go for the Georgia Tech offense when it was kind of stagnant and and Sims kind of was turning the ball over. Still a good game though, but uh, well, I think definitely uh, the best best freshman this week. Yeah. Also on my list, um, combined for over 120 total yards, two mm-hmm. TDs against a, a a fairly talented UCF defense that has multiple NFL guys on it. Yep. Um, but I think the other like kind of props you got to give to Gibbs is he he wasn't supposed to start Jordan Mason's their starting yeah. running back he he was out when I don't think we heard why um just said unavailable that they asked and there's no reason yeah so Gibbs kind of gets thrown in there with him and a freshman quarterback in Jeff Sims and yep. I mean the the I, th- I think the the pass catching was kind of the like you mentioned, the thing that kind of really gets you excited. Mm-hmm. But that one touchdown run where he just obliterated all the angles, seeing how explosive he was in the open field. And um, he, he was a big recruit. Yep. And, I mean, that it's just, again, more props to Jeff Collins for how, how quickly he's kind of recruited and yeah. put together a competitive Georgia Tech team that shouldn't be competitive right now. Obviously, they upset Florida State in Florida State last week. They lose to UCF, but they were in that game more than that score suggests. Yeah, it was just a couple of the bad turnovers. You know, just, just freshman mistakes from some of the guys. Um, also, Gibbs, uh, one last thing, really well built already as a true freshman. Yeah, no, he, considering um, he's more of a scat back type of back, but he's already, like, I think 205 yeah. is what he's listed at, and he, he carries it well, and yeah. 
just yeah he he uh i think him and him and sims are gonna be a lot of fun the next couple of years for sure uh i'll give you a, another running back um also a freshman because this is best freshman uh <laughs> i started that sentence without knowing what i was saying um jalen knighton with miami yeah. although it what i said yeah oh i thought you said meh <laughs> um, because his, his, I mean, his seventy-five yard touchdown was pretty easy, extremely easy. <laughs> Louisville's defense non-existent, but uh, yeah, two weeks in a row, Knighton's ripped off big, big plays. Um, obviously, on that seventy-five yard touchdown, you saw his his overall explosiveness. Um, he also ran for a touchdown. I I just think, I mean. Cameron Harris has looked quite good, yeah, he's but a good the future is J- yeah. yeah, the future is Jalen Knight and, and Don Chaney and uh, Dear King just really opens up that offense and mm-hmm. they've done a good job getting Knight in the ball in space and uh, I'm excited to see uh, that going more and more going forward. Uh, are you mentioning Cameron Harris anywhere else or is that is that your mention? No. Okay, so I'm glad you. Brought, I don't either. I just I want to say he's looked really good the first two weeks and uh, kind of like he's just a good a, one. You, I think you said it last week. He's in the in the Miami running back mold of the DJ Dallas Travis Homer. Yeah. Where it's not like he's like a big time prospect, but like he's gonna be on an NFL roster. You gotta think. Yeah, like he'll he'll go day three at some point and uh, fucking get some touches and produce. Like he looks like a looks like a pretty pros proy type guy already, which is impressive. Sick. 66-yard touchdown run against UAB and then 75-yarder yeah. against Louisville. Both look both look pretty similar where you just press the line one cut outside gone yeah uh you got any more freshmen yeah uh you know what i'll, I'll i got a couple more but i'm gonna i'm gonna change up the order here you know what i kind of liked and uh on that that loaded pit defensive front uh freshman kalijah cansey i'm not even sure if i'm saying his name right who kind of just kept flashing it was kind of my third game i had one eye over there and uh i just assumed when he was making plays it was, it was an upperclassman or whatever and just getting in the mix uh, but no, freshman six foot two seventy and kind of playing that three tech mold and uh, kind of a weird build there. But like, uh, I think like a sack and a half, a couple TFLs, just kept making plays in that Q's backfield and just uh, I just thought he was one of the someone to watch. And I, I, you know, Pitt's doing a really good job with that that uh, defensive front. So a couple more yeah, years well, there, it could be interesting. He's a guy who's kind of taken that Jalen Twyman role with mm-hmm. Twyman, obviously declaring and. With with uh, the two studs at, at edge and Weaver and Jones and, and Weaver, yeah, really I mean, yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, he he looked great. Uh, I'll give you a low key one that had uh, just was fun. Grayson McCall, the Coastal yeah. Carolina quarterback. I got him on mine too. <laughs> I just I felt I mean we might have been the only two people in North America uh, watching Coastal Carolina against Campbell on Friday night. And, and but, for that um, reason, I'll be mentioning the game multiple times in the episode, yeah. yeah I, I will as well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, McCall ran their, their system's fun, kind of that spread yeah. option look. Uh, and, and he just really good decision maker on pitches. Uh, he's, he's a really good option quarterback. But he was also making like some pretty legit throws too. I, he, yeah, no, he he had a couple. the 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 first touchdown pass, the the mm-hmm. ball placement was pretty impressive for a, a freshman at Coastal Carolina. For I sure. know it was Campbell, but still. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, my last guy, because I had McCall, I'll go Grant Wells again. Like the numbers weren't great at all for him, but it was a big ass win against App State, and he was just he kept like it was what like eleven for twenty five for like one hundred sixty three yards in a pick. Yeah. 
but kept making like <laughs> big time throws. I, I I like what I've seen from Grant Wells these first two games. Plus he, he he's a little more mobile in this one. Had a rushing touchdown. I, I he just keeps impressing. I know you you kind of said, "Damn, it looks good." And you look at the stat sheet, and it's like, okay, it wasn't a great game. But if you watch that game, uh, way better than you think. Yeah, he he looks like he's gonna him and McCall both look like uh, future G five quarterbacks. We talked about yeah. more than we should. Yeah, McCall. I feel like I feel like it might be like the next Zach Thomas, baby. Is that even a good? He's better than Zach Thomas. Might be Thomas was okay, he's okay yesterday. I don't know. Uh, best sophomore. Uh, I got a stick. I got a couple from the BC game, and they're all Boston College Eagles, baby. I'm starting starting with the quarterback, Vil Jerkovic. Who? Phil Jerkovic. Uh, yeah, he he's the Notre Dame transfer. He's a big name. I I was surprised you didn't. You don't seem to know who he is. I didn't. No, I didn't know who he was. And uh, well, first of all, you know I hate Notre Dame. I don't pay attention to anything they do. So, <laughs> so him coming over. He looked fucking good though. He's like six five two twenty five ish. Is strong. Yeah. As hell. Ian Book beat him out. Yeah, well, he shouldn't have, apparently. It's better than Ian Book already. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, big, strong, uh, moves really well. Like he, he, like, he didn't have any rushing yards, but he made some plays with his legs, um, making throws outside the structure, and, like, he looks pretty legit. Had 300 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and BC overall just looks really good. I'll package deal in here with you, with uh, with Jerkovic, uh, with his receiver, Zay Flowers, who... Uh, like a smaller guy, 5'11", 178, but speed to burn. Uh, him and him and Jerkovic hooked up on that PA uh, post touchdown where Flowers just got so wide open on a little shimmy at the top of the post and like just absolutely toasted the the Duke DB. Had like 162 yards, showed off some yak. He lo- he looks like another guy to watch, and Jerkovic and Flowers could be a connection down the road. I'm saying it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna interrupt you, uh, Jerkovic, but. More power to you, Jerkovic. Okay, thank you. I, I was yeah. I didn't have the audio on the game. Thank you, Jerkovic. It's that's okay. Co- that's I'm, cool. I'm very plugged into Notre Dame recruiting. That's a cooler way of saying it than Jerkovic too. Anyways, Jerkovic. Very, but yeah. Um, I mean, you were you were. Uh, I think Boston College is your your ACC team. Oh, the uh, way Georgia Tech's mine. I. I think so. Like, I was way more impressed, and uh, we got more BC talks in this. I, fuck it, I'll plug. I'll plug more, baby. Josh DeBerry, the 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 DB that uh, kind of kept flashing there as a sophomore, five eleven, one eighty. No one halfly knows what he's doing with DBs. Um, had a sick strip pick that I think everyone saw in the highlights. It was it mm-hmm. was a strip, but it was it was basically a pick. Uh, then had a big TFL in the in the back TFL in the backfield. Thanks <laughs> on the running back. We just laid the lumber. Uh, just kept kind of flashing all, all day, and I thought he was really interesting uh, to keep your eye on there. Yeah, I, I, hey, I, I told you, Halfley's going to fix that program, and it's it's already begun. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised how good they looked, and they just handled Duke. Uh, I will, well, while we're talking about our teams, I'll, I'll mention, um, although Georgia Tech uh, kind of did struggle on defense in the second half. Mm-hmm. Sophomore linebacker Demetrius Knight had a really nice game. Uh, he was even getting some attention on on the the Twitter sphere, which was nice as a mm-hmm. prideful Yellow Jackets fan. Um, <laughs> he just he just looked as a true sophomore, and, and they've got uh, Quez Jackson and, and David Curry, two more veteran linebackers on that defense. But Knight, uh, I thought, just looked ready to be playing big time college football and he he was making uh the right reads and kind of never really getting out of place i i I mean the the ucf run game 
had some big plays here and yeah. there, but overall it wasn't anything too too massive. It was mainly Dylan Gabriel through the air, which I will now mention him because yes. he he was outside of the interception, he was like he was quite awesome. He made some big deep throws. He is not afraid to sling that ball deep. They love the deep comeback. Um, he also had that one where I thought he unleashed, uh, although some guy on Twitter told me it wasn't a good throw, um, where he just unleashed unleashed a deep bomb uh, like outside the hashes left side. Yeah. And he just dropped it in the bucket, and it, it just looks so easy for him. Um, he's just got a wicked arm, and he, he obviously broke all of two his uh, high school records in Hawaii, and uh, I, I think we got a good one coming up yeah. uh, under Josh Hubel. Uh, can I say it? I, I slept on Gabriel a bit last year. I think it was just my Mackenzie Milton love. I'm like, no one could be Milton. Yeah. And, yeah. But watching this game yesterday, I'm, I'm fully on the train here. He, he looked fantastic. And, like, uh, I don't think you mentioned moves really well, too. There was just the bad yeah. mobility there. Like you said, the, the bit of a hose, man. He's throwing, throwing, throwing ropes. <laughs> um, and, and one of one of the receivers he's throwing to is a sophomore as well, Jalen Robinson. He's a redshirt sophomore, transferred from Oklahoma. Look uh, he had a big game too, over a hundred yards. He kind of stepped in. Obviously, they brought back Trey Nixon and Marlon Williams from last year, who both also have big games. Yeah. Um, but Robinson kind of took the Gabe Davis role as their big. Mm-hmm. He's not big, but as their deep outside threat. And some uh, with c- contested and stuff, yeah. Yeah, he he he's like five nine though. He's much different <laughs> yeah. body type, but being that deep threat with Trey Nixon more as the route runner and Marlon Williams as the yak guy. Yeah, I, th- that offense looked really good, and like um, like you know Otis Anderson gets gets done. I like Greg McRae still. Uh, that team looks like got hurt. Yeah, I know. Sucks. Um, that team looks like it's it's ready to roll again. Um. Speaking of ready to roll, my last guy here, Kenneth Walker, the, the wake running Yay, back. Hey, my last guy too. Just put the team on his back. <laughs> Brought him back, kept him in the game. They ended up losing by three, and AJ had them plus two and a half. But whatever. Uh, Walker looked awesome, had three touchdowns, and just, just carried that team. Like, that, the Wildcat touchdown just looked looks really good. And, like, uh, 5'10", 206, and, like, looks bigger than that. Carries it well, too. I, I, I think he's, he's he was really impressive. And he's a guy we mentioned last year, if, if you uh, remember. I think it was against Duke. He had a mm-hmm. big, big game, and he, he was obviously just a true freshman last year um, sharing that backfield. But, yeah, he looks like kind of the the bell cow going forward for that team. That, yeah. I mean, tough loss, but uh, he, he looked great. Um, sure. Okay, we, weekday warrior. We only have one game to choose from, the Coastal Carolina-Campbell game. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, I... I'm gonna mention two more Coastal Carolina guys and one later. So, but here, here I'm I'm going with the tight end Isaiah Likely, who you mm-hmm. already knew I was picking. Six four two forty five has that like big wide receiver type frame where you're like you know he's more built like a wide receiver than a tight end, but he moves like the wide receiver. So when they get him going in all different ways, he had three catches for ninety six and a touchdown. The touchdown was off like a sick. Like you said, their, their play designs were great. The offense was great. Like a, where it was a play action, he came out of the backfield off a wheel, and he was like motioning in the backfield beforehand. It was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Like they use them in that, you know, when you kind of just move your guy around and check if it's a man or zone type of thing. They use them like that, come off the backfield, and uh, they use them all sorts of ways. And he, he looks really interesting. He he, the, well, that offense in general is just a lot of fun. For but sure. he 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 looked like a guy who could be that maybe that H back fullback, mm-hmm. yeah, move player in a Shanahan style offense. 
Yeah, exactly. Who would you choose from the Coastal Carolina game? Uh, big nose tackle Gerard Clark. Okay, I chose him for my uh, out-of-nowhere prospects. He's a redshirt sophomore, I believe. Yeah, so he's, um, he's not – there's no chance he's coming out, but – He's a he's a legit nose tackle at six four like three forty yeah uh, but moves surprisingly well surprisingly agile well you um, you, you, was, you know what they said right he went to Coastal Carolina as a tight end and has added fifty pounds since being there which is kind of crazy and this was like really his first game action because I, I think he got hurt last year and he didn't play as a as a true frosh um, so I, he looked like you said just the movement skills really impressive and especially at that size. Well, played with a lot of energy, too. Really just eating up space in the middle. Uh, got in the backfield a couple times. Cleaned up a sack. I, yeah. I, I uh, just going into that game kind of not knowing a whole lot about Coastal Carolina football and just immediately, like, obviously NFL body size there for a nose. Yeah. And uh, just started making plays. He was really good. Um, The best thing about that game was, first of all, Campbell was wearing their, their – their orange jerseys. Coastal Carolina was wearing their home teals on the teal turf. Uh, it was really eye catch. It was a good Friday night where you're like, okay, I don't really know if this game's gonna be good. But I'll throw it on, and it was. It was great to watch. It hurt my eyes, <laughs> but in a good way, like you said. Yeah, in the good way where it hurt. Yep. Your your retinas were burning after, but it felt right. Hell yeah! Uh, well, I just love Carolina schools, so it's true. We know that. Uh, okay, best prospect you saw? I mean... I, I kept it simple again here, Robert. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, who... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Stop saying it was the Citadel. The field's still 100, 100 yards regardless, baby. Uh, those The throws were were amazing. All um, three touchdown passes were... Highlights. Kinda, well, the, 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 the first one was insane but I don't the, the stupidest thing is the people are like yeah it was the citadel that doesn't change how tight that the, coverage was exactly. and the ball placement yeah so you know what's you know what's really cool to me when you first saw it like without the replay it was like okay you know it, it looked like he had a bit more separation and like it's like okay lawrence made that look really easy and then on the replay the lawrence put that in a one by one box and the only place he could put it and led the receiver perfectly the receiver was like fucking like 10 yards away when he made that throw too that, that was amazing and then the 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 deep ball to um, amari rogers was just perfect perfectly placed and then the third one well it was nice because that that one amari rogers was kind of down the middle yeah but that third one was just a perfect outside drop in the bucket yeah like that, that one the coverage were, was bad but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but still he just dropped it perfectly <laughs> yeah uh, and then he also ran for a touchdown so four touchdowns uh, only through nine passes. I mean, again, obviously it was the Citadel, but he was the best prospect. And maybe when, once the SEC starts playing, we'll have other best prospects to talk about. But for now, yeah. I mean, when yeah. Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence, it's hard not to pick him. Exactly. Uh, shooting up the board. I got a my, couple my guys. List is, my list is full of Miami guys, just so you know. Uh, you know what? I, you know what I did? I figured you were going to go a lot of Miami guys. So I, I kind of... Because use back. Exactly. So I so I zagged and I you know we both watched the game so we could talk about that anyways. Uh, I got I got a boss. Fuck it, I'm gonna start Boston College here again. The tight end yeah. Hunter Long man he's six five two fifty three, had seven catches for ninety three and a touchdown. Uh, fuck it, Jerkovic. No, <laughs> why can't why am I struggling Jerkovic. with this? Jerkovic. Him and Jerkovic, uh, were magic all day, man. Like it, every throw to him felt like a tight window contested catch. And then uh, the last one was just to top it off, just uh, the fucking diving catch. 
he looked legit. And uh, I know the top three tight ends are pretty much set in stone. And, the, and I mean, you probably mentioned another one coming up. It's being Miami. Uh, but it, it, the rest of the group is kind of murky. And he looks like a guy. He's, he's pushing his name off the boards there. And he he's a guy who was a big recruit uh, for Boston College to get mm-hmm. out of high school, and he put up big numbers in the ACC on a bad Boston College team last year. Yeah, Boston College always feels like they have a couple tight ends, and they may or may not get drafted. But Hunter Long looks like the best of the bunch in a while. Yeah, no, he uh, you were gushing because you're a BC Eagle forever. Yeah, well, um, can I plug one more Eagles thing? They kind of went yep. back to like the like the '80s '90s style unis, and they look really fucking good. So I'm oh, I'm yeah. all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Everyone everyone was all over that that uniform look for them. It look they look good. I'm all in on the Eagles now, baby. Following in your tight end trend, and you already hinted. I'll go with Brevin Jordan here. I mean, we talked about it before the show. The Miami wide receivers really aren't mm-hmm. that noticeable or that good. Lots um, of drops it, for it, King yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it's really the running backs and Brevin Jordan that are the playmakers around De'Ara King. Mm-hmm. Um, and early in this game, he showed off some of that kind of his impressive contact balance for a tight end uh, as a yak player. And hurled, then obviously, the guy. Yeah. yes, and then he had the deep touchdown where he's just wide open. But just his overall athleticism, and he's a different body type than that like classic inline he's he's more of that move guy yeah i think he's 6'3 245 but clearly just such a great athlete and uh that's back-to-back games where he has kind of stepped up for them as as the go-to guy and uh he 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 looks like a 100 percent a top 100 guy yes um but hey maybe, maybe he uh he makes a, a push to be more in that Top tier with Fryermuth and Pitts, rather than just kind of being in the second tier alone. Yeah, smart. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, smart that they got him fucking going early this game too. Kind of took a while against UAB, but it was like from the from the first drive that they got him working. Was the hurdle on the very first drive? I think it might have been. Um, so yeah, that was that was smart. He had a great game. Uh, I'm gonna stick in the BC game. No, I got so many more BC takes, but I was gonna say for the last time. But no, I'm going to the Duke side this time. Uh, Victor Dimukeji. The edge uh, opposite Chris Rumpf, uh, 6'3", 265 senior, three and a half sacks against BC, and they were all earned. Um, we know that that Boston College front has what three big names on it, and I'll talk about some of them later, baby. But Dima uh looked really, really good, and so did Rumpf. <laughs> I got so many BC and Duke takes, Rob, and I'll, I'll, I'll shoot them off. That's what well, that, that's what happens when there's less games, <laughs> and like there's one game that ends up being. It just wasn't there's good. a handful of prospects. Yeah. yeah, there's just a handful of guys playing in it, and so then all your guys end up being from that because there, the other options are just there wasn't that many games. Yeah, especially when it's like pleasant surprises and like I didn't know about any of those BC guys and the Duke guys really showed up. So yeah. Um, speaking of pass rushers, look, I'm just following in your footsteps. Look at that. Uh, I think my number one guy shooting up the boards, Jalen Phillips. I he put him was. I definitely, I definitely agree. Did you put him for outplayed the box score? Yeah, I, kind of, I, I yeah, okay. he was the only one I could think of. So, but I would have had him here for sure. Like, okay, well, no, he's a good pick there because I when I went to look at his numbers, I, yeah. I was like shocked that they weren't more like he was just so good. It was he, like he what had three tackles at yeah. TFL and two hurries. But, but he should have got credit for half a sack. I'll say he basically made the other <laughs> one of the sacks. Yeah, uh, on the the big fourth down sack Miami had. Uh, 
they try to block him one on one with the tight end. He he just goes speed to power. And f- he just throws the tight end and creates a sack essentially. Um, but throughout that game, I was most impressed with what he was doing as a run defender. Yeah, uh, consistently setting the edge, especially because they love that outside zone. He was eating up the outside zone where he just set the edge and like Zach McLeod would come down and clean it up. Um, his length, power, and it uh, and and just overall athleticism look like the makings of a first round guy. Yeah, I'm like I. I mean, obviously, they, they were supposed to have Gregory Russo with him and Quincy Roche this year, which mm-hmm. would have been insane. But I think there's a chance Jalen Phillips ends up being the 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 more well-rounded prospect between him and Gregory Russo. Interesting. So, uh, and, and, and for the record, Phil, yeah, Phillips was, uh, I think, the number three overall recruit. And also, I think he was number one on, uh, on one of the sites. I, I think he was, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, and, and then yeah, and UCLA he, he, transfer. Yeah, yeah, he ends up at UCLA, deals with a bunch of injuries, almost yeah. quits football. Yeah, transfers Miami, adds a bunch of weight back, becomes just. He, I think he's like six five two seventy. Um, yeah, and just just a freak. And I I guess at this point, if he plays like this all season, it's hard not to see him being a first round type of guy. I, uh, I, I, I guess the only thing holding him back would be that injury history. Yes, and I I, I we kind of kept touching upon it, but I think that um. I think we're going to see teams go with fucking high school five-star pedigree a lot in this draft. It, it, like, again, there's there's going to be tape this year now, but it's still only eight games, nine games, and it's kind of, you know, it's going to be it's still going to be kind of weird. But um, I definitely agree. Uh, Phillips had the most important game for his draft stock this week, especially like being in primetime against Louisville. I, I think he, he definitely helped himself the most. Uh, and, and now, and he can yeah. build on that as they they play Florida State this coming week, and obviously Florida State <laughs> sucks, but there's going to be eyes on that game, and that offensive line's terrible, so I, I think he'll have yeah. just another big game. We've we've been saying for years, if you ever want to see uh, or put put yourself on display against anyone as an edge or as an interior defensive lineman, uh, <laughs> pump pump that Florida State tape, baby. Uh, my last two guys, I'll go to the the Tulsa Oklahoma State game. Um, Two guys, like uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, the OK State linebacker, kind of just all over the field. Uh, undersized, like 5'11", 220, but had had the sack, had the tackle. Um, just looked looked great. Like, and then honestly, the entire Tulsa secondary looked awesome. But uh, Ali Green, kind of first and foremost, and you know, I, I like the length at DB. They're all big though. He's six three, two oh six. Kind of, kind of got hurt ish and then Tyler Wallace got him that one time but him and Tyler Wallace were a hell of a matchup uh ended up with the one pick um it's impressive that Tulsa keeps finding these long ass DBs and I keep liking them they, they got yeah, something they have a massive there. secondary yeah I like that but yeah those those are my last two guys and they, they, they looked really good I I have them both in different spots um, oh shit okay it's okay talk, talking about DBs though I'll, I'll go with two safeties both from the ACC First, Bubba Bolden with Miami. Mm-hmm. He, I thought he showed off big time range, uh, coming down on multiple times to make big tackles, but behind the sticks, um, and and just his overall physicality and instincts looked really big. He's a former big recruit yeah. who was at USC yeah. and transferred to Miami. Miami's transfer you, um, and no, he he kind of he really impressed me. I, I mean. Him, yeah. him and uh, Amari Carter, who was just killing people. That's a fun <laughs> safety duo. Yeah, very much so. They're, they're both huge. Bolden did get beaten on the 2-2 out touchdown. Yes. But, like, like it, that's a terrible matchup. That's a matchup, bad matchup yeah. to put. Yeah. 
<laughs> like I think he's better as a down low flats defender. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the cover one of the most explosive receivers in college football. Like, how, like how many safeties, regardless of size, in the country could uh could cover Atwell on an out like that? Like, Trevon Morig. That's about it, baby. That's Let's it. go. Our dudes watching the TCU guys. Um, and then then I also put Pittsburgh safety Paris Ford, who had an incredible mm-hmm. interception. Uh, but before that, he was just as he as he tends to do is just fucking laying the boom. He's he's a hard guy not to notice on the field just because he, yeah. he flies in and just it might not always be the greatest form, but he is looking to kill someone every every time he comes down. I feel like it's been a good start to the season for these ACC safeties. Yeah, like like, yeah, for uh, sure. like I was kind of I was not Louisville's, but okay, no, no. <laughs> I was kind of lower on like Cisco and uh, and Ford to be honest. Like I could have put them. Yeah, for Cisco. Look stupid. And they they yeah. both they both been good. Um, yeah. W- w- one last guy for me. You already mentioned him uh, earlier. I just felt he had to be mentioned. Rashad Weaver, who's coming off a torn ACL last mm-hmm. year. Uh, he was a monster against Syracuse. And yeah. With Pat Patrick Jones is clearly the the twitched up athlete, and, and Weaver's more of the heavy handed, um, well built, looks like an NFL body already. Uh, type of edge who I, I think he's a day three type of guy yeah no it, it, what, he had what three sacks two sacks yeah I had a really good two game. sacks a couple TFLs yeah, yeah. Uh, okay sliding down the board uh, I, I I don't like to be first of all you know I don't like to be mean I, I'm gonna put Zion you don't have to say that every time it, literally the this job is to analyze and say something's good or bad you but know. I know they're listening Rob I'm gonna go with Zion Johnson and it's kind of not his fault because he just looked out of yeah. place playing left tackle um, it was working early in the game, and then Rumpf and Dimakaji kind of got after him, man. And he got worked by them. Um, just just doesn't look like he suits it. And but I think we knew that it was kind of a weird move to make, anyways. I I, I don't know. That's that's the only well, thing that kind of didn't work for BC. But like I, I like he's gonna hold up fine when it's against lesser guys. It's just with Rumpf and Victor D there. Um, just didn't look good. And I, I just don't understand that m- moving in there because obviously he transferred from uh, Davidson. Yeah. Kind of was a part-time starter, but really killed it down the stretch last year. Uh, and then at, at guard and, and looked like one of the best guards in this class. And just his overall athleticism, I guess, is why you would move him there. Like, it, it feels like such a group of five maneuver, you know what I mean, where you just put your best. Yeah, you just put your best tackle. guy. Yeah, but with them, they have actual guys on the line, and the team looks good. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't like. I don't know. I he doesn't. He's not built like to be attacked. Like not he at, isn't not at all. No. But he's got right? a very like, guard just, body. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think a top one hundred prospect is a guard. So it's just kind of the circumstance of it's not his fault necessarily. I, I, yeah, but he did struggle. Yeah, I don't like. If this happens every week, it's going to affect his stock. But I think like just this yes. one game isn't really going to. It's his like, first game playing tackles. So. Exactly. It's, it's just something like we, we, I had to put someone to talk about. <laughs> uh, I, I put Chuba Hubbard. He's um, my second choice, yeah. Yeah, against Tulsa. Obviously, Spencer Sanders goes down early for Oklahoma State, and it really throw, throws a wrench in their offensive plan. But yeah. Hubbard was not – and this was my knock on him over the summer was he – he's more of a – boomer bust runner where mm-hmm. if he doesn't rip off that big run it's a lot of inconsistency and he doesn't create for himself all that well like he's yeah. a great straight line athlete but 
he too too often he, he was better in the fourth quarter but too often just going down on first contact yeah i don't i don't think he had like he has fine vision but not elite vision to make up for some of this um and, and he he wasn't adding anything as a pass catcher i was just he looked like like more like uh like an average nfl running back rather than a guy you're, you're like banging the table for as a top 50 running back yeah definitely like like uh, i think i agree with everything you just touched upon and i was i think it was a little higher on hubbard than you were maybe i, I think the vision especially and it, you you this this game lends you to being more correct um like you said in the passive game like he, it was like two catch for minus seven yards and like it's not a great look for a guy that's you know up there with heisman favorites and he's just getting tackled in the backfield by tulsa you know what i mean and especially a game where they scored, what was it, 13 points. They needed him to, uh, like you said, Sanders goes out. Uh, Wallace was quiet as hell in the first half. Uh, they didn't really get him in. They needed him to step up, and he didn't. Like you said, fourth quarter, pretty good. But, like, what do you average, like three a carry? Like, not a, not a great game at all. No, certainly not. Uh, who else you got? Those those were my two big ones. You didn't put Chase Bryce. How did you not put Chase Bryce? Okay. Well, first of all, I don't know how high he is. Well, I'll talk Chase Bryce. Okay. Chase he, Bryce. He's a guy who some some people said he's the best senior quarterback in the country before okay. he became a starter at Duke. So okay, okay. Then I'll talk Chase Jim Bryce. Jim Nagy said it. <laughs> Did he really? Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a good one then. Or I could put him for overhyped. But anyways, Chase Bryce. Like <laughs> the all the like the flashes of the tools are there, uh, but just really inconsistent. And he's not getting much help from the Duke supporting cast at all. And like. Two of the picks were really bad. Just one didn't see the fucking linebacker. And, uh, uh, like, again, it's kind of like, I think, like, it depends where you see him. Like, for me, it's like, all right, he's, for he, you know, he's been a backup quarterback. And he was interesting at Clemson. He, he's showing the interestingness again at Duke. But if you think he's like, oh, yeah, this is the guy, then it's a bad game. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He just needs more help from that Duke. There's there's not, there's not, I guess Gray, the tight end, is pretty solid. And he's kind of the go-to guy. But, other than that, there's not a lot of help, and it just it's not working right now. We'll see when he. And you know what? It, you know what kind of sucks too. It's like this was supposed to be, I guess, one of the more easy ACC games. Even though we know I'm a big Eagles fan, and they're great, they're gonna win the conference. But <laughs> you're, you're running on that Georgia Tech energy I had last week. <laughs> I love him. Um, but yeah, I, you know what I mean. Just just for a game where he was supposed to look better, it was really uh, just not great. There you go. Okay, I I got uh, uh, sticking back to that Louisville Miami game. Louisville's defense non-existent. Um, Rajay Burns, their linebacker, had some. I mean, he's a linebacker who returns punts, so immediately getting some attention. <laughs> but uh, just a, a really interesting athlete who who's a versatile kind of chess piece for them. But I thought he was very quiet in this game. Um, really mm-hmm. didn't have much of an impact. Uh, he, he, he created some pressure and he was, there was some flashes, but overall I thought underwhelming performance. He's an Ohio state transfer too, former big recruit. I didn't know that. And I, yeah. And he's kind of supposed to be their, their dude on defense. And I mean, just, just watch the game. I, uh, (laughs) yeah, but no one on that Louisville defense looked good. Uh, No, no, it was bad. Um, I also throw Aline McNeil for NC state. Uh, he he had a, f- a fine game. He had two TFLs, but overall he's he he wasn't as disruptive as I would have liked to see. And, and like Wake stayed in that game, just pounding the rock, and mm-hmm. uh, he he wasn't adding that much as a pass rusher. So I, I I felt I felt the need to kind of throw his name down. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, out of nowhere prospect? I only put one because it felt like we watched all the same games as last week. So my guy was Draw Clark. I, I, honestly, I want to still talk about him because, I, I, man, he's he's really interesting at 6'4", 335, 340-ish. Like, I, like, that game, I came away as, like, really impressed with him. And, again, like, just a redshirt sophomore and just keep watching him down the road. Like, I don't know. I, I, he really impressed me. That whole Coastal Carolina front was pretty good. Um Taryn Jackson, the guy kind of on the radar already, and I, I, I blank on the other guys, the opposite him, Edge, um, who had a good game last week. Uh, that whole front, pretty good. Uh, close to Carolina, I just want to keep plugging them. You should watch their games if they're on Friday nights and uh, they're if they're fun. That's what I'm going to say. And here comes the Coastal Carolina train. Ah, uh, we're on it, baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a loud one. Louder than normal. It's um, a Sunday morning wake-up train, baby. I'll go back to that Oklahoma State-Tulsa game. And you already mentioned Malcolm Rodriguez. He's one guy I put down here. Yeah. They, yeah. they love to mention that he has a wrestling background every time he made a tackle. <laughs> um, but he, he, he's been very productive the last two years for them, too. And mm-hmm. he's a smaller guy, but really physical, tons of energy. Yeah. He was catching my eye. But on the Tulsa defense at linebacker, Zavin Collins, mm-hmm. who is listed at 6'4", 260, but showed off some impressive range. He ate up a screen pass. Um, he had three sacks blitzing. His timing as a blitzer I thought was kind of a weird little impressive thing. Um, overall, he was a he was a wrecking crew for that Tulsa defense. And uh, I think he's a redshirt junior. And he had big numbers last year, too. And just uh, an interesting guy. Tulsa defense all very interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys to watch there. It was fun. I enjoyed it. All right, who made you look stupid? Uh, I... You know, I'll go with two guys here. First, I'm going to say Chris Rumpf because I swear to God, I was like kind of. I think didn't we talk him down a bit last week? So, well, he I, he he struggled last week. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he came back, big bounce back game. It wasn't like he had one sack, and it was kind of where he just cleaned up, um, cleaned up the quarterback there. I'm still, I'm still not confident saying his name. Jakovic. Uh, thank you. <laughs> just kind of came off the edge, unblocked. They didn't touch him. Uh, bad idea from Vrabel's side. But anyways, a uh, good amount of pressures everywhere else. Had one where he just absolutely ran over on Johnson. Uh, so and seven tackles total. So he he really flashed. I thought um for, for I thought I had to put him after after you know a really good game against a really strong front. It's my prospect versus prospect matchup too. That that BC front versus the Duke D line. Um, like like Vrabel looked okay. Lindstrom um. Oh, eh, he's okay. I had one one penalty call back. Was Vrabel playing right tackle with Zion at left? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just that, that Duke front just kind of got the best of them, and especially Zion Johnson. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, again, I just, after after we we kind of talked him down a bit, and like you said, he struggled. He, had, he came back, and it was a good game against a really good offensive line. Um, I'm going with Elijah Mitchell, the Louisiana running back who kind of just – put yeah the region cajun on his back and a potential upset against georgia state where they were down i think 21 mm-hmm. 7 uh they came back one in overtime kind of on his legs he was just ripping off chunk runs and had two big touchdowns the one in overtime to seal it uh ran for 164 on the day but yeah he was just ripping off big 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 home runs and he, he's a guy who i kind of questioned the overall athleticism of um mm-hmm. but he showed off some pretty impressive burst in that one I'll throw one more. I wasn't gonna mention him. Also, I thought you liked Elijah Mitchell, which is funny, but uh, he he was. I, I, I well, I, I had him behind uh, the, actually the UL Monroe running back. Oh, I think I did too. I liked I like him. Josh Johnson. Yeah, he's yeah, good. Me too. 
I liked a lot of those ULM guys. Anyways, uh, I wasn't going to mention him, uh, but I'll say Malik Cunningham, who I was higher on. Malik McHale, by the way. He's going by Malik now if, if you didn't watch the game yeah. last night. Um, <laughs> who I was – I remember I was higher on. I don't think – I didn't have a draftable or anything, but I thought, like, there was a path that he could be because, you know, I like the arm and he liked the mobility. Um, the numbers ended up looking good. Like, if you looked at it after the game, you think you think he had a good game, but he, he didn't. It was all garbage time um, numbers. Him and Tutu, pretty much. Um, like, I will have, what, like like 40 yards at halftime or something? Anyways. Yeah. Uh, just not an impressive performance. It, Miami controlled that game from the get-go, um, pretty much. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. For, for a guy, quarterback I liked in a big on the big stage, he just didn't step up. Like, there was the flashy throws, though, still. So, like, it really, it's not like, not like I'm writing him off, but... Like that one throw um, where he was on the move to the left and he, he found Tutu uh, on the sideline there over top of defender. That was a hell of a throw. So, like, the flashes are still there. Yeah. but um, And, again, the Miami defense, is as we talked about, lots of guys on there. But it just I wanted to see a better game from Cunningham. Um, jump into best prospect versus prospect. You already mentioned you have BC, uh, O-line yeah. versus Duke D-line. I'm with Tom Wallace, the Oklahoma State receiver yeah. against Allie Green, the Tulsa corner. I knew you did. That's why I didn't want us to talk it too much earlier. So let's... Green Green's length and physicality really yeah. matched up well with Wallace is also physicality. Yeah, um, they fun... really weren't going to Wallace once Spencer Sanders left. Uh, but late when that freshman came in, they started mm-hmm. giving him those contested catch situations, and he kind of had a better game down the stretch. Uh, ended up with ninety four yards, but Green Green had that interception. Uh, he had big TFL. He, I mean, hey, last year we had uh, uh, Reggie Robinson, right? Yep. And, and now Ali Green, similar kind of style at corner because Tulsa only loves. I mean, the the what did McShay keep saying? They're the Legion of Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kept comparing Tulsa's DBs to the Legion of Boom. So hey, it's true. It's true. It, but it, that that legitimately was a really fun matchup, and Ali Green came away as a. I, I got to keep an eye on going for it. And even the one where uh, Wallace kind of got him down the sideline, not not for the t- not the big one, but the other one. Um, if you watch the game, he, he, like Green rode him like two yards out of bounds, like he was physical as hell, and then kind of yeah. just blew a tire when Wallace came back in bounds. So it's kind of like, yeah, well, wasn't even really his fault. Um, yeah, he looked really good. I, I was impressed. And you already said your prospect who played the box score, Jalen <laughs> Phillips. Phillips. I, I thought it was clearly the guy this week. Like like you said. I couldn't believe. Like I was waiting for the boxer to go up because it, it didn't go up last night. Check this morning. I'm like three tackles in a TFL. That's it. Like I swear to God, he, he was so much more impactful than that. Yeah. Um. Sticking again with that Tulsa Oklahoma State game. I thought Redarius Williams had a really good game at corner for OK yeah. State. Uh. Like Keelan Stokes, a legit NFL um, prospect for Tulsa at receiver, and he outside of that one big wheel, he had nothing. And uh, Rodarius Williams, Greedy Williams' older brother, mm-hmm. uh, long press guy, uh, and just I thought really solid game. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, Harvey Peel—that's his name, right? Yeah, he, the safety. Yeah, the had safety. a good game too. Kind of, and I was low on him in the in the summer, so I could just put him first. Made me look stupid this week too. Throw that prospect. Him, who? What prospects being overhyped? I put fucking Ian Book again because, like, he didn't what, do anything. He, come on, three rushing touchdowns. Sick. Yeah, nine yards, three rushing touchdowns. They blew out South Florida. Who, who's overhyping him, though? Like, who do you – The bad – Are you seeing big, it on the Twitter timeline? Who? No, the, the big media, the big media. When You, like, uh, you know what I – Oh, they, wait, when, yeah, Lee Corso's got him in the Heisman. Exactly. Corso had Notre Dame name in the Heisman. And, like, it's, like, just the ESPN people, not, like, any draft people, but it, it's just, like, the ESPN folk. 
Um, he's there's a good no... college quarterback. Three rushing touchdowns. He is a good college quarterback. Yeah, but I he's mean, better than Phil Dracovic. No, he's not, bro. Then why is why does Phil have transferred? Because BC's better than Notre Dame, you idiot. It's clear. <laughs> I'm gonna stick in the ACC with a quarterback by the name of uh, Kenny Gunslinger Pickett, <laughs> um, the, the Pitt quarterback who made some impressive throws because he he can really rip the ball when he has to. But he also had a, a bad interception, and I thought just pretty inconsistent on the day. And I I feel like just from some of the things I'm seeing on draft Twitter, it's there are some people who are, are going to put him in that top five quarterback conversation. And I can't get there with him. Um, he reminds me a lot of Nathan Peterman, <laughs> which could, could be good, could be bad. Like, he's probably a quarterback who could be at the Senior Bowl um, yeah. and could be a late day three pick. But I just yeah. – are we trying to make him more than he is just because there's a lack of clear QBs after the top three? Okay, so we knew from the, the – the ACC show earlier, you're a Kenny Pickett hater. I had him as like a borderline guy. I liked him more than you did. He's looked pretty good. But yeah, that, that the talk of uh I don't know. It just felt like it feels like when people talk about him, they're like they're elevating intangibles. And when I when you notice guys on draft Twitter elevating intangibles, it feels like they're just making up excuses to raise a guy's stock. Do you know that you know what I'm trying to stay here say here, right? It's yeah, like, big media is trying to get Kenny Pickett to be a first-round quarterback. It's not even big media, though. This is like draft Twitter. I know, Twitter. it's draft Twitter. Which is weird. And I like Kenny Pickett, but like to say he's, I don't know, anything more than a late day three at, at best is uh, a little, little rich for me. Small school guy who cut your eye? I'm kind of cheating uh, because it's not it's not yeah. the smallest school we saw, Rob. But I, I'm going to Marshall. Brendan Knox, oh, me too. the running Oh, guy. me too. Okay. Yeah. You're booing me, asshole. He, he looks well, awesome, uh, uh, right? Uh, Especially early, he had a handful of chunk runs. Really, like for a bigger back, really, um, yeah, agile in the open field. He, like okay, so he's really well built at like six foot two twenty three, but he doesn't run like he's a heavy back. But like, it, but he does have the power. It's hard to say. He like you said, he's agile, uh, runs hard, runs smart. I like him a lot. Um, he definitely looks like he, he could be one of those like group five day three running backs that get drafted every year. Yeah, no, and he's only a junior, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like but, him. yeah, definitely interesting. You know what else is interesting? The year of 2020 and how things are out of our control, but you know what's not out of our control? Shaving Bush. Shaving Bush is always <laughs> in our control. And our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to shave Bush. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame the summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of the show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. 
And with the NFL and college football back, you can spend all your extra cash betting on games, people. You just go over to betonline.ag today and gamble it all away. And they're our presenting sponsor, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, for our final segment where we each pick our five uh, our five college football games of the following week. Uh, I call it my five picks of the week. AJ calls it something cooler, but hey. One, one short of a six-pack. And I was a couple short of a six-pack uh, this past Saturday, Rob. I went one and four. I don't know how you went one and four. Oh, did you not pick Houston Baylor? Because I went one and three. No, I didn't pick Houston Baylor. No, no, no. See, I got a free new loss off that. That's sick. <sighs> That's, I, but that that NC State, uh, I'd wake. I think they closed at um, wake close minus two. But I got them at plus two and a half last Tuesday. Still wasn't enough points for me. The only game I picked right was Miami. Um, I didn't pick that right. I picked I uh, Boston College right though. Oh, you're so smart. I know. Well, I, t- I tried to tell you. I said you'd be a diehard eagle for life after I, this week. I, I am. You did, and uh, I am now. You're right. <laughs> all right. Uh, no spreads out yet because uh, we record early now, so our listeners can get in all this great content earlier. So um, <laughs> we just picked our the five games that we wanted to pick and kind of – I think we're just going to pick them straight up and guess spreads? Yeah. Or are we picking against our homemade spreads? Uh, I. You want to do against the homemade spreads? Sure, and then we have to live by it. And if if the homemade spread doesn't sit right with the other uh, co-host, yeah. they can call you on it. Yeah, yeah. So this 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 segment's gonna be way too long than it should be now. But let's get into it. Who's your first pick, Rob? I'm going 12 p.m. Fox, Kansas State at uh, number three, Oklahoma. I, okay. I'm gonna take o- Oklahoma minus 27 and a half. Oh fuck! I put it at 21. Okay, we're moving to your line, and I'm taking Oklahoma still. Me too. I, I mean Spencer Rattler. It's his first, like we're gonna watch because it's his first like real game. Yeah. But Kansas State uh, really struggled against Arkansas State, and uh, I think they're in for a long day, especially in um, in Norman. I definitely agree. I'm. I wonder. Yeah. Okay. Tw- I think your line's probably more more accurate. I, I think just, they're gonna put it really big because of what they did to Missouri State with the Spencer yeah. Rattler hype, and then also because Kansas State lost Arkansas State. Yeah. No. I agreed. You're you're right. You're smart. I want big spreads just for the record. Okay, we'll see. Um, maybe this one's too small. This one I'm not sure. I, I couldn't get a beat on. I, I tried to pick all the smart games. Uh, sorry, all the good games. But anyways, mm, I'm gonna take. Too. I'm gonna take Auburn over Kentucky. Mm. Minus ten. What do you think? Oh that my god! Is? I put the spread so much bigger. What'd you put it at? Twenty-one and a half. Oh my! So I, I think we got to split the difference here. I don't. Okay, what are we putting it at? Because I, I was gonna take Kentucky plus twenty-one and a half. Oh, okay, okay. So let's take opposite here. Let's let's split the difference down to uh, sixteen and a half. How about that? Okay, and I'm still gonna take Kentucky. Okay, see, like Kentucky's ranked, so I think they give them some credit. Uh, Auburn's overrated, I'll say, even though I'm taking them. Uh, I, but yeah, going into uh, Jordan Hare, that's always tough. Um, I know you know most... I love I love my Wildcats. Exactly, they're they're, I... they're my SEC team. Yeah. I got Georgia Tech in the ACC. I got Kentucky in the SEC. I trust in Stoops to make this a competitive football game. I think they'll lose, but I have a hard time thinking they're they're gonna get fucking blown out. Especially because I I still refuse to believe Bonix is good. I know, I know, I do too. But I I think top to bottom that Auburn like like Kentucky. I don't think they should be ranked to be honest. And uh, kind of playing off that here that, that, well they wouldn't be in a regular year exactly they're 23rd um <laughs> i wonder that spread's actually interesting i wonder what it's gonna be 
Uh, I'm going to go with another interesting spread, two top 25 teams again. I'm going to take Louisville plus three over Pitt. I, I, okay, I didn't touch this game. Okay. I, Louisville's I, on the road, right? Yeah, it's in Pitt. So I, I think they're going to favor Pitt. Pitt. Pitt coming off the win, Louisville coming off the loss. Yeah, so I think I feel like that's a good number. And uh, yeah, well, because what was it? Miami was plus two and a half at Louisville, so I feel like it's got to be similar spread to that game, yeah, but also yeah. favoring the home team. Exactly, I, I, I'll accept that. But I was ready to take Louisville outright, so I, I'm 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 gonna roll with my Cardinals here. I uh, I think they bounce back. You already <laughs> talked bad about Kenny Pickett. It should be a good game. I, uh, hopefully, I, I'm hopefully, interested to see if Louisville's O-line can bounce back against yeah. another really impressive D-line. Yeah, that's it's, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a fun matchup. I think uh, like we haven't we didn't talk about Jamin Hawkins, but he he looked really good too. Really um, good PlayStation yeah. baby. Yeah, he's fun as hell. Um. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go 12 p.m. ESPN, number five Florida at Ole Miss, Florida minus 17 and a half. I feel like that's gonna be bigger. It's at uh, no, you know I'll, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, well, I think there's gonna be a weird Ole Miss Lane Kiffin bump. I was about to say uh, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know that there should be. Uh, Florida veteran team, veteran quarterback. Yeah. Although their offensive line's kind of up and down and and got some new faces in it, uh, I think Florida overall should handle business. Agreed. Um. This is a tricky spread. I'm going to the AAC. Uh, give me my Bearcats minus six Ooh. over the uh, Army Academy. I, I don't know what that spread would be. Obviously, Army is a ranked. Wait, team. Where is it? Is, you, you're bad at it. Tell me the time, the TV channel, and who's at home. Okay. I'm, honestly, I'm trying to look and I can't find it right now. That, that you're, okay, you're look. bad. At it. It's three thirty. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's in Cincy. It's in okay. Cincy. And what did you have it at? Six and a half. Yeah, that Army's looked really good the last two weeks. The triple option's a tough thing, um, especially e- even though Cincinnati's got a really good defense and a, and a good secondary. It's going to be less of a factor against a, yeah. a triple option. But um, I, I think the Cincy O should be cooking against the Army defense. That's kind of where I'll, I like. I'll accept that spread, though. Yeah, I, I think that was a good number. Um, yeah. It's, it's a tough game always breaks. when you play Army. Okay, I, I'm going 330 on CBS, Mississippi State at number six LSU, um, the debut of the Mike Leach SEC air raid with mm-hmm. KJ Costello. I'm taking Mississippi State plus 24. Okay, I'm I was I was gonna pick Mississippi State plus the points, but I'm like I wasn't sure how we we're gonna do this exactly, so I'm glad you brought this up. That I don't know how much they're gonna respect. You know, no LSU's overrated. Um, I think that's a good line. I think. Like, just Leach and Costello alone will allow Mississippi State, even though LSU's defense, I think, is going to be pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, I think that alone will let uh, Mississippi State put up some points. Also, LSU, without Jamar Chase, with a new quarterback, without Tyler Shelvin. Yeah. Um, I, I think it'll, like, I think LSU's going to, like, essentially easily win by, like, 17, but yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, yeah. I got plus 24. Uh, my last one, I'm going back to the ACC. Uh, seven thirty on ABC in Miami. Okay, me too. Me too. Florida State. All right. Okay. So who's your pick and what's your line? I'm taking Miami to cover minus thirteen and a half. 
Okay, that's a big what line. Did you I, have it at? I had it like nine and a half. I wasn't sure where to put it though. Like I don't know. Florida State lost to Georgia Tech. Then Miami handled business against Louisville, and I feel no, like Louisville's the ACC sweetheart. No Norvell. Um, this no Norvell. Weekend. That that also I think would increase the line. And like, would you have it? Miami set and a half? up thirteen and a half. Okay, we I'll, we can we can go to what we can go to what eleven and a half. You know what? No, let's just go thirteen. That that feels like a more realistic okay. number. You know what I mean? Like eleven and a half is a weird number. Let's go thirteen. Okay. I, I'm I'm still gonna take the the hurricane. Okay, cool. Me too. I I just I mean that pass rush is gonna eat fucking Blackman alive. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's fun to just. I like check this. On the I like lines. this better. Yeah. I don't know if it's good to listen to, but it's but it's fun. We're for having us. fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean we're bad at picks anyway, so who cares? That's a good point. Uh, I like our homemade spreads. Hell yeah, we found ourselves a new segment. So uh, tune into our next show when we break down all the most impressive and worst rookies from NFL Week Two. See you later, fam.